Denver Sports presents the Mile High Baseball Podcast. Here's Jake Shapiro of denversports.com. Shapiro, um, joined by my longtime friend, uh, Brian Kilpatrick, who everyone once thought was my dad amongst the bloggers because we were just <laughs> bloggers. And it was the biggest age gap and height difference between two uh, uh, peers, I think, at one point. I'm not that old. Come on. Uh, yeah, but you were, you, on the blogging scene, Brian, come on. Like, it was me and a bunch of youngsters. That's true. You yeah, are. That's true. That's fair. Um, <laughs> Brian ran Purple Row for a long time. He's a big Rockies fan. He's written for the magazines, done all sorts of different stuff. Uh, and importantly for this episode, he lives in Salt Lake City. Big Utah Utes fan. Big Utah guy across the board. Um <laughs> And you're the first person I thought of with last week's news, and I want to get into that, and we'll talk about Salt Lake City's expansion bid uh, in a little bit. Uh, But first, I just kind of want to broach you on where the Rockies are right now. Uh, Sitting here on April 20th, they're 5-14. They've lost eight games in a row. Currently, they're in the middle of the fifth inning against the Phillies, and they're actually winning for once. That Pittsburgh homestand, uh, I guess it was just one series, but that three-game home series was one of the worst series maybe in Rockies history when you factor in how much they lost by who it was against and how few people showed up yeah they they usually wait until what August to play this poorly um so that was yeah you don't see that this early in the season generally when there's still hope and and the bullpen's not completely worn out and uh and and this half the starting rotation's not injured, but that speaks to the talent level, the depth level of this team, and uh, and I just get used to it, man. I don't I don't know what else to say. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's the problem. And and you did PURPs for a while. You've been all over the prospect scenes. I've been telling people like Tovar's a nice prospect. Montero's okay. We'll see what happens there. Veen's going to be a hell of a ball player. I think we all know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to everything else, the pitching and the things that will surround those three guys, the help is far away. So when you say get used to this, like, like to me, this isn't even the first year of the window of a hundred lost season opportunities for the Rockies. Correct. No, no, you got, you got this year and next year. And then the year after that, as long as. Romo and Veen and those guys kind of start to get acclimated to the big league level. You might see them go on the upswing, but yeah, they're, they are in for a rough couple of years. So we, we, I, we yeah, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I, I mean, I see, I see at least a hundred losses this year and probably next year too, just based on really it's based on the pitching, which, when the Rockies have been their strongest is the pitching or when they've been their strongest and when maybe they've been kind of a bad team, but like, you know, the future's kind of bright and things are looking up. It's because they've got some pieces uh, either on the way or currently they're working things out. Uh, they don't have that. And so that's, that's the biggest thing that tells me that it's, it's going to be a couple years. And, and even then after that, it's really going to be because they might have some potential impact uh, offensive players that could, that could make things look up for them a little bit, but it's the pitching from now, next year, maybe the year after it's, it's rough. And it's funny because if you would have told me in 2016, 2017, what will 2023, 2024, 2025 look like for the Rockies? Um, 
one, we would have never thought it was possible that the Rockies could lose 100 games because of the course field variance, and we thought we saw some really bad baseball clubs before. Two, we probably wouldn't have been surprised that the Rockies weren't going to be all that great after their contention window, which just closed closed mostly because of their own doing rather than the projection uh, all the way back then. But what's disappointing to me, Brian, when I look at this era, this era we're, we're, we're in now with the Rockies and we're going to be in for a little while, it sucks because the final era they didn't even sell out and go all the way for and try to make that push and try to beat the Dodgers because it was under the guise of being continuously competitive and we're going to be good for a long time. So they had some pieces that were interesting that they got no value for that could have helped them at the time. And now they're stuck with nothing still, even though they hung on to the things that they thought were going to propel them th- through the future. Yeah, and you know, I, it's that that's where like sometimes I feel bad being too hard on Bill Schmidt because he's not the one who put the Rockies in that position. Um, when Jeff Breidish uh, failed to bolster the roster down the stretch in 2018, when the team could have won a division title, and then everything went to hell immediately after that. That's what caused what we're seeing now um, where the Rockies are just kind of having to, as I put it the other day, they have to try to identify these things that are market inefficiencies to get, you know, hopefully hidden gems or decent players on the cheap where the things they're looking at are market inefficiencies for a reason. Um, And so that's not the answer either, but I don't, I, you can't put a lot of blame on the, the current baseball operations staff, whatever, for that. But uh, nonetheless, it, it, it's really depressing what we're seeing right now. It's uh, just it, it doesn't even seem that long ago, like you said, that they were on the cusp of, you know, potentially being competitive for another two, three, maybe four years. Um, and that's all just gone by the wayside. And uh, it's it's. It's one of the it's it's one of the it's one of the quicker downfalls that I can recall seeing in baseball and you know a smart ass might say were the Rockies ever in a position where you can use the term downfall but but yes they were um they were a really good team in 2017 they were a really good team in 2018 and uh just everything that has transpired since then is mind boggling Yeah, I long made the case that 2009 was their best season, but now looking back on it, I think 2018 was the peak of what we've seen out of the Rockies organization to this point. And you talk about how sad it is. Like, you see that there's 18,000 people there, which, by the way, was more than the Avs announced the night before. It just puts into perspective baseball. (laughs) Uh, But you, you... you look at that at cores on a very early season game, and yes, if Pittsburgh's not a premier team, and there's all sorts of excuses, and but the one thing that wasn't excuses, the weather was okay, it wasn't that bad. So some of those early season games, it's like, all right, the weather was crap. Like, who's going to that? Um, there are very few reasons to go to Rockies games, and I know Brian, you haven't been to one yet this year, um, but. The Cardinals series was one of the first home series, so maybe I'm a little skewed, but there's more Nolan jerseys still than any other team player. Um, there is yeah. no talk. We, we had an opening day show on 
this network where we covered the crap out of it from Coors Field, you know, blah, blah, blah. Three current players' names were mentioned, and that was it. And, and, and I don't want to say that, like, that's an us problem because I think to the general fan in Denver and in this region, this team is really anonymous. It's bad. And unlike any other time in Rockies history, correct me if I'm wrong, Brian, they're actually uninteresting as well. Oh yeah, they're yeah they're they're bad and they're boring. It's a it's a it's a rough combination. I agree with everything you said there. Just a couple of things to add is like, number one, I mean you say it's an anonymous team. They still have Charlie Blackman, who's probably their best known player. That that goes to show you what people like casual or you know serious everyday baseball fans think of Chris Bryant. It's like this guy, you know, he was great, really great, as you can certainly attest one season for the Cubs and won a world series. And, but like that kind of goes to show you that no one thinks that this guy is a superstar who is, you know, should be paid as highly as he is. And, you know, whatever, it it ain't my money. As I like to say, Um, they got to spend it somewhere. But another thing to add on top of that too, attendance wise is what makes this really bad. They haven't had attendance numbers this poorly since 2005, 2006, early 2007, and what makes this really depressing and, and concerning, really, to some degree, is those teams were clearly rebuilding, 2005 at least. That was a Todd on the Toddlers team. That you know that team was when Matt Holliday was breaking in and Brad Hopp and Garrett Atkins and, and these guys who you would see leading that 2007 team almost to the promised land. This team's not rebuilding. This team has a bloated payroll for the Rockies. It's a bloated payroll. Um, it's old it's there's no stars it's and it's just yeah totally uninteresting you nailed it and that's that's the concerning part is this isn't 2005 2006 where you can see um the beginning of something you you can't see that here i think they had the the ninth or eighth oldest team in major league baseball last year and they got older this year i don't know what the numbers are on that quite yet um so so that's really disconcerting um you you mentioned uh chris bryant and one of the reasons why he signed here supposedly was he was going to be close to las vegas um his hometown which was one of the funniest (laughs) narratives that emerged from that just just a quick jaunt quick jaunt from vegas to denver um (laughs) and there is now going to be a baseball team in las vegas long rumored but basically official now uh the Oakland A's last night uh, went into a purchasing bid. This is we're recording this on Thursday uh, to buy some land in uh, Paradise, Nevada, right outside of Las Vegas, basically across the street from T-Mobile Arena, where the uh, the Golden Knights play. So basically, just off the strip, this is going to be a huge story in baseball. Um, they, of course, uh, are shockingly the second to last team to add it uh or a league to add a team in vegas because baseball has been very scared of gambling for a long time uh the nba is the most scared of gambling so we'll see what happens there um but it makes sense the a's have had a dump for a long time sadly you know the giants haven't allowed them to move to san jose um and oakland's gonna lose their baseball team just as kansas city lost the a's just as philadelphia lost the a's this is a nomadic team in major league baseball so Sad situation, no doubt, Um, but it also does clear the pathway for the next incarnation of Major League Baseball, which is expansion. Rob Manfred, the commissioner of Major League Baseball, has long said, until we get our arena situations figured out in Oakland and Tampa, 
we are not expanding. While one has been solved overnight, the second Tampa Bay looks like it's getting closer to a resolution with uh, that team continuing to be good in front of fans that are increasingly interested in a new stadium in a state that seemingly will just decide to do anything at the whim. So uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Tampa Bay got a new stadium quickly, which then means within the next 10 years, we're likely looking at two Major League Baseball expansion franchises. And last week, Salt Lake City, they, they submitted a very serious bid. Um, first off, just anything to add from what I said and your reaction to kind of where we are right now in MLB. You know, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I think what you said about the Rays is right. I think ultimately they stay there. Um, so it leaves, it, it makes sense for baseball to grow to 32 teams and, um, it, it caught me by surprise. I knew a few days before the announcement that Salt Lake was going to, you know, uh, throw itself into the mix. And it kind of caught me by surprise. There's been ramblings for a while around here about, you know, there's a group of people who want to get together and bring in another major franchise. And I honestly thought it was going to be the NHL. Um, mm-hmm. And so the fact that it was major league baseball kind of surprised me, but you know, at the same time, it's a, and, and, I would imagine most people who saw that news are like, what? No, nobody lives in Utah except for Mormons and polygamists and whatever else, you know, what do they got? And people look at the numbers and like, see that Salt Lake city proper only has 200,000 people. They're probably just wondering what the hell, like how could this place support a major league team? But you know, the way I would think that would go is how the last couple of expansions went and where MLB went one East, one West. And so you'd think that, you have probably Nashville and Montreal on one half of the one on one side and probably uh, Portland and Salt Lake city on the other side, garnering for a team and Portland, you know, that's a, it's a bigger market. Um, probably I would think more interested in baseball than, than this area is. Um, so I, I would be surprised if Salt Lake City got picked over Portland. But, you know, there's a lot of other factors in play. And ultimately, it comes down to the money. And pretty much every major player who has money uh, in this area is involved in this coalition. So um, that's what I find interesting is that you wouldn't – you'd think Salt Lake's a, a real dark horse. And I think I read something the other day, So you know, a source close to everything – somebody's source not my source let me clarify that just said like you know i haven't heard salt lake in any of these meetings but it's a relatively new thing and 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 while they're a dark horse again it's it's all about the money and if they can get the money together and get the ballpark situation together and people here want it and are willing to to chip in and pay for it then who knows what will happen and it's funny because this situation has changed at least in my opinion since i actually asked you to be on um initially um, what I was thinking is, you know, Major League Baseball's had this issue with Oakland and uh, San Francisco, like I detailed. They've also had that exact same mm-hmm. issue in Washington and Baltimore with home plate yeah. rights. You you own 90 miles out from home plate. That's your territory from your Major League Baseball yeah. stadium. And obviously, um, Salt Lake City is not close to anything, whereas Baltimore, Washington, D.C., that's conflicted. Oakland and San Francisco, that was conflicted. Um, yeah. So 
it would make sense that Major League Baseball maybe would want to not even deal with Portland, which is 190 miles from Seattle. Yes, pretty far in a baseball community yeah. that would love a team and I think would support the heck out of a team. Um, whereas Salt Lake City, the closest rival they had, at least until last night, was the Rockies. It would now be the Las Vegas uh, Athletics. So. Yeah. I, I look at Nashville as a very serious bidder, just as I look at uh, Portland as a very serious bidder. I look at Austin as a very serious bidder as well. Then there's the factor of Major League Baseball. Do they want to be the first that toys with Mexico City or Tokyo or something like that? Yeah. I think that's a little far-fledged, but that's where Major League Baseball is currently. Um I go through all this, and I think it's important on the Rockies podcast because when Dick Monfort heard that news, he was probably scared to death that Salt Lake City could get a, rock, uh, a, a, a rival team across the Rockies. Uh, you know the region well. This would completely split the Rockies' territory, basically. That's correct, and this this is this market is uh, it's. 2.7 million people, I think, that, that the Rockies would automatically lose out on, um, you know, so that's the Rockies and to a smaller degree, the Diamondbacks, I think, are, are uh, one of our teams as well that we get uh, some local like cable broadcast uh, rights to. Yeah, but, and I just want to yeah, cut you off for a second, Brian, because the yeah. point is, uh, you know, cutting the rival root sports is broadcasted in Utah. It broadcasts jazz games, it broadcasts Rockies games, and it broadcasts Golden Knights games. So not like this affects the the Vegas getting a baseball team in a way affects the Rockies. But continue. I'm sorry. How AT&T Sports broadcasts all that stuff and, and that network is not on great footing right now. So, yeah, with with the Rockies potentially getting a new TV deal or something to have to enter some sort of negotiations here pretty soon, losing this market is, it can't be, can't be good. And, and, you know, you're right. I think Dick Momfort's probably got to be freaking out a little bit because you would think that he would be counting on these 2.7 million people in his pitch. Yeah. And, and whether, you know, it's real numbers or fake, I find interesting you are a diehard baseball fan that lives in Salt Lake City and became a Rockies fan. Um, and and I, I'm going to build up to this question. I think you know where it's going. But I, on the ground there, how many people would switch allegiances to whatever team that would be? Um, and how many of those people would you say are actually driving to the ballpark uh, maybe once a year like you do, taking a pilgrimage? Pil- pil- mm-hmm. pil- I can't say that word. Pilgrimage. Pilgrimage. There you go. Thank you. To Coors Field. <laughs> how many are watching regularly? How many are buying jerseys? Like, how much of the active Rockies fan base would this slice into? You know, there's not, based on what I can see, there's not a ton of Rockies fans here. It's mostly Dodgers fans, unfortunately, and you got a lot of Giants fans and Cubs fans. Same type of fan base you have everywhere else, especially because – kind of like Denver, we're starting to become a little bit of a transplant market. Um, that being said, the people who are from here, have spent a lot of time here, um, they're going They're going to switch allegiances to the local team. I've got no doubt about that. Um, a lot of pride uh, living here, having feeling the need to have to defend here all the time. Um, it's So 
I don't know that it will. I don't know that it's going to, to answer your question. It's not going to take a huge chunk out of the active, um, engaged Rockies fan base, but it's more going to be um, just the potential of the of the growth of the Rockies fan base that it would take a big chunk out of. Uh, I'll ask you this, and maybe this is an easier question to answer today than it is in 2018. Would you maybe be someone that switches fan bases, particularly with a couple of young <laughs> kids who are interested in baseball? Uh, uh, man, I, there was a time where I would have said no way. In fact, I think I've said this before, um, and not even that long ago, like a couple of years ago. Like There was a time I would have said, no way, I'm stuck with the Rockies for life. And honestly, I probably am, but... They're they're on thin ice, man. That's for sure. The the last few years have been rough. Okay, so and I very rough. Um, I'm wearing the Rapids shirt. The the one rivalry we really have between Salt Lake City in Denver is the Rocky Mountain Cup. Uh, these fan bases really care about it. Utah CU has never really taken off. I mean, me and you joke about it. Like me and you yeah, are supposed exactly. to hate <laughs> and me. I don't care. Um, you know, like. Jakob Pertle go 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 to hell I guess like I don't know like I like <laughs> um, so let me let me ask you this uh, especially with Salt Lake City getting uh, or, or uh, Las Vegas getting a baseball team if Salt Lake City got a team would they even be rivals with the Rockies or would a, maybe a Salt Lake City Las Vegas rivalry develop I, I've long thought that the Diamondbacks are actually the Rockies rivals um, yeah. that makes sense I don't know what even makes sense because the Rockies haven't had a rival really yeah it, it depends on which division they end up in I guess if they end up in an, in some form because I think the divisions will change too by the way we didn't touch on this but if baseball expands um, I think we'll be looking at eight divisions. Um, however, that has to work. I don't know. It might require even some teams switching leagues. I don't know how that works. I just think it goes to eight divisions. So if they're if they're in a division with Vegas, then it's Vegas. If they're in a division with the Rockies, it's probably the Rockies. And I do think um, re- in recent years and in the case of Utah and CU, in future years, I think the rivalries are going to heat up a little bit. The one with the Nuggets and Jazz already has a little bit, um, and the one with the one with CU and Utah, um, especially if CU gets a little better, as I'm thinking they will, and especially in football, of course. And what I've kind of already seen the the dismissive comments from Utah fans about about Coach Prime's uh, hire. At CU, I, I think that one's going to pick up a little bit of steam. So, um, yeah, it's. I hope that Salt Lake and Denver do become kind of natural sports rivals. You know, um, I've always thought the two cities, not culturally, but like every in every other way, are very similar. Salt Lake's kind of a smaller, much less diverse Denver, um, but there, there's a lot of similarities between the two places. And I would love to see a rivalry, but yeah, it just depends on which. Which team the the a theoretical Salt Lake team would end up in a division with? It's so funny you said the Jazz and Nuggets because I, I don't even think about it because they've only played once in the playoffs, even though they've been around yeah. since the NBA's existence, both of them. Um, uh, and it's just so funny to me that 
that's never taken off as a rivalry simply because they've never been good at the same time. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, you, you mentioned the divisions and switching leagues. I think if there does go 32, I think it's eight and four, like you said. I think the leagues are just going to be, be over with. We're going to lose that. Yeah. Tradition. They don't seem to care too much about the traditions anymore. And uh, what would be really cool is if we got like a four corners division where it was, you know, uh, Las Vegas, Colorado, Arizona, uh, Salt Lake, all in a division. And then it would make sense to yeah. California teams, and then you could go with the northern teams with Seattle and Minnesota, and uh, it, it kind of works itself out everywhere else. Um, yeah. I, I, before I let you let you go, um, because where we're at with the Rockies, and and it does seem uh, increasingly like the fan base is putting pressure on. Has your odds or percentage figure that Dick Monfort will ever sell the Rockies gone Stop. up at all recently? Uh, uh, I'm sorry, Jake. Can you repeat that last part? Uh, <laughs> has the percentage? I I caught. <laughs> has the has the has the odds for Dick Monfort or the Monfort family ever selling the Rockies uh, gone up in the last six months? No, no, God, no. There's. Well, God, I say that, but then like, what immediately pops into my head is like. There's almost, I don't know. You know what? Yes, actually it has. And I will tell you why. Okay. I, it's not going to happen, but that's not your question. Your question has, is, has the odds, have the odds gone up and the perfect storm of the team being really bad, the fan base actually showing real backlash, I think for once and it proving itself out at least in attendance in the early season, um, I'm going to put that as a caveat because I do think as the season progresses, the attendance will get better. But that stuff combined with this TV situation, maybe like if they have a really hard time negotiating, getting getting TV money, negotiating some sort of TV contract, I don't know how the hell that's going to look still. There's not been much about it. Um, but there is a perfect confluence of things that tells me that, yes, the odds have gone up. That doesn't mean they're going to sell, but, yes, the odds have gone up. I agree with that, uh, both from <laughs> uh, a major ba- league baseball perspective, what's going on in sports, and also what's going on locally and with the Rockies. Uh, Kilpatrick, where, the, where can they find you? What, what are you doing uh, for work that they can click on? I know you, you have occasional appearances on things now. Yeah, I uh, – I... I always flirt with like doing more um, writing and podcasting and all that type of stuff. We'll see how it goes. Uh, But right now, just follow me on Twitter. Uh, I'm at the old grizzly bear, uh, but it's spelled kind of weird. So just, I don't know, find it or don't, whatever, it's fine. But I will be sure to let people know if I, uh, uh, if and when I I pop up and start doing some stuff again, Um, there's a good possibility. Awesome. That's going to do it for this episode of Mile High Baseball Podcast with Jake Shapiro. Uh, We'll talk to you next Friday at 1, live at 1. Thanks for tuning in.